Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, a wonderful good Wednesday morning to each and every one of you, and thank you for taking a little time out of your busy day to spend it with us uh, here on Someone You Should Know. We like to bring interesting people to you, uh, many of them you know, but most of them you don't know, and that's why the show is Someone You Should Know. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful guest with us this morning, and we are brought to you in part by not only my good friend, but our good friend, Christine Dean. You know, I've been talking about this program and Christine Dean for a long time. She can help you elevate your marketing strategies and your websites and all. But for those that want to get into podcasting, she is also working in the field of podcast producing, just like she produces this show. Reach out for a free consultation with Christine Dean, the DFW Networking Diva. She is an absolute sweetheart. She, if you've got technical questions, she's got the answers, and she knows I am way out there in, in left field on this. She knows how to take care of you. Reach out, talk to Christine Dean. Well, today I have a very, very special guest today because we're going to be talking about a subject that is not always uh, at the front of people's minds, but it's something that each and every one of us will go through at least once in our life and mo- mostly multiple times. My very special guest is uh, is Cindy Burns today. And Cindy lost her husband 12 years ago, uh, and she has taken it as her really life's passion right now uh, to helping other widows and widowers uh, as they go through their grief and to help them find a new purpose in their life. Is, is that a good way of summarizing it, Cindy? That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, and grief, like I say, is something every one of us is going to go through. In fact, it, it's probably very safe to say that everybody that's watching and listening to this show right now has already gone through it. Uh, uh, a few times because at the death of grandparents and parents uh, and so even even the the, the loss of pets, uh, there is a grieving process that we go through and some of us some of us can handle it, but I think it's safe to say that most of us can't and and really don't know how. So I, I want you to I want you to share a little bit of your background because when you're when your husband passed away, it really left you, it really left you in a quandary. Yeah, it kind of left me reeling. Um, I had family things going on that happened after his death. So I didn't really, you know, I mourned and I grieved. But by the, t- by the time everything was resolved, I'm a, I'm a give a caregiver. I always, you know, if my kids need me, I'm right there. And, um, that all resolved maybe about five years after his death. And at that point, I realized, okay, I'm not a wife. I'm not a full-time mom now. What, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And I feel like everybody has a purpose in their life. 
and the purpose can change. My purpose for many years was to be a wife and mother. And I loved it. That's I, I agreed with that purpose. But, you know, now it was, what am I going to do? You know, why do, why, why do I even bother getting up in the morning? So, you know, I don't want any other, anyone to go through that if they don't have to. And also, you said that everybody grieves. I think society is so afraid of death and dying that we don't talk about it enough. We, so nobody knows how to grieve. Nobody knows what to say to somebody who's grieving or how to act. And so I'm hoping to get a little bit out there with for people too. Well, and, and no matter what you may may discuss or read about it, it never fully prepares you for that time. Uh, having said that, yes, uh, we, we, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the fact that in your case, you were kind of blindsided by it. You, you had, you didn't have just one child. You had six sons when your husband passed away and, and what the oldest one was just going into, into, or or, uh, going into high school. The youngest was starting his senior year in high school. And, And also now you're, you're faced with not only the loss of your, your, uh, best friend and 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 husband uh in all and and the father of your six sons uh but the last one was going into his last year of high school that he was going to be l- leaving and now instead of you being empty nesters with your husband yeah. you are a solo empty nester and and so you know how you know gosh what what was the immediate feeling going on in your head and your heart at that point? Uh, you know, knowing that I've got to chart these waters all by myself now. Yeah, it's um, I've always been kind of independent. I could stand on my by myself, but it's life is so much more fun when you've got somebody to share it with. Sure. And when your spouse dies, you not only lose them. You lose the future you thought you were going to have together. You lose a half of yourself. Because when you get married, you know, you kind of mesh. And then that person's taken away and it's like, okay, how do I, how do I become whole again? And um, it, it takes a lot of work. It, it, can, it can for some people. It can be really hard work to do. If I might ask, and I don't want—I don't want to get too too sensitive—but had your husband been ill for for a while before his passing, or was it sudden? He was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer on May, or well, on Mother's Day, two thousand eleven, and he died August second, the same year. So, so I knew it was coming, but like you said, there's no way to prepare for it. Yeah, and 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 uh, as we we discussed, I just lost my mother-in-law uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, she was a hundred and two, so you know she had some medical issues, but she still had a pretty sharp head and and carrying on a great conversation. But you know, we knew that at a hundred and two, the 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 time the clock was ticking down, mm-hmm. and all, and yet the, the morning that they called that he had passed away and all it's still it still hurt because oh, yeah. you knew it you know it's coming 
But just as someone who does have a terminal illness, uh, and all they may go into hospice, and you know that it could be a matter of days or or weeks, but you have kind of an idea that that it's coming. The flip side to that story is all of a sudden somebody calls and says uh, a neighbor's child was just hit by a car, uh, and you know that that is a different uh, level of grief because it, it, it happened so suddenly, it wasn't mm-hmm. anticipated. And do you find in your, your conversations with widows that, that you know, it, it's a different level of grief between something that's expected and something that, that they're, they're blindsided by? The immediate grief is different, but overall, it ends. It's, it's, well, everybody's journey is different. So, you know, I can't say how I would have reacted if it'd been sudden, you know, nobody can, you can't look at it that way. Um, but the overall grief tends to be the same. The immediate, of course, you've got shock, you know, if it was unexpected, you know, but um, yeah, as you get past the initial shock and you get to the part where you're going to actually have to live your life without them. That's that we all go through the same stages of grief. They, we, it may be in different orders, you know, and then it might circle back. You know, there's, it's not a straight line. It's more like a loop de loop roller coaster. And uh, that can go on for years. I mean, you can, it's been 12 years and every once in a while I'll remember something that I hadn't thought of since then. And I'm pretty good now. I just get kind of teary eyed or choked up. I don't, I don't sob, but you know, it's normal. Yeah. I was going to say that's part of the process too. You know, every year on a birthday or your anniversary and all it's, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. You feel bad about it, but uh, you know, I think the fact that you take the time to remember mm-hmm. and reflect on some of the good times that that birthday or 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 anniversary uh, represented, that's that's the positive aspect of of dealing with your grief. True. True. The more difficult one, is, the the most difficult one is the anniversary of their death, and nobody forgets that. You you don't forget it, although. My, my husband died exactly 10 years to the day from when my father died. And I, I say he, he did that on purpose because he knew how bad I was with dates. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a date you forget. And that, that can be the hardest one to get through because there's nothing to celebrate on that day. Right. Some years it's, it's okay. And other years, not so much. Um, same thing with birthdays, same thing with um, anniversaries, Christmas, you know, the holidays. Some years are better than others. It's just, and there's no predicting. You can make it better by, you know, the fake it till you make it. Well, when you fake it till you make it, you can convince your brain that you really do feel that way. If you smile, smiling, releases endorphins whether you want them to or not you know and that can make you feel better you can convince your brain that you 
are happier than you thought you were. You know, we, th we you can't just go to the library and check out a book about uh, dealing dealing with death. You know, just like you you can't really well prepare yourself for marriage or for parenthood. Uh, you know, it's something that again you have to face. But would, would is it safe to say that it's best not to face it alone? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and and you know, so facing it with family members or a best friend. Uh, you know, is probably better than than dealing it uh, with it alone because that has its own downside. The depression, uh, the thought of what am I going to do now? Or he took care of everything, and how am I am I going to be able to to go on? Uh, mm -hmm. And it can drive it can drive a person into a very very dark place. It is so much better if you have somebody with a good shoulder that isn't going to try to fix it for you because we're not broken you, know, you, can't, right. you can't fix grief. It just is. And that's a good, that's a, good a good statement. You, <laughs> you can't, you can't fix it and, and you shouldn't because no. it's not something that you, you could or should or want to block out of your brain. Just say, well, okay, he's gone. I'm just going to forget about him and move on. You, you, you can't do that. Grief is a process that everyone goes through and, so it's natural. It's normal. It's I wouldn't say good, but it's it's a process that we have to face. And when you try to bury it, that's I did that for a few years after my husband died. I didn't I didn't want my sons to worry about me. They had enough to worry about in their own lives. And so, you know, I put on the stiff upper lip and I was brave and everybody kept telling me how strong I was and inside I'm crumbling. And I didn't know any other widows, so I didn't know how to be. Mm. And I didn't go online. I didn't go online to look to see. Um, I didn't want to join a support group because I didn't want to sit in a room full of people who were crying. And that's from what I've heard now. That's not what goes on in groups. Not all the time. But, you know, you lift each other up when you've got people. And if you don't have somebody in your life that you can be that way with, go online, go on Facebook and check out, you know, grief support groups. That's all you got to put in. And you're going to be, you're going to have many to choose from. <laughs> many. Or you can go to cindyjburns.com. Yes. And you, you can, can, can get some ideas and you can reach out to Cindy and ask her questions and on, on how to deal with it. And I, I agree that it, it, it could be a best friend. It could be another relative that, and, and generally when somebody passes within a family, there are family members that, that are there to, mm -hmm. to, uh, to help. Uh, but you also have the clergy to turn to. Uh, that's what they're there for. And, and whether you're a devout follower of a religion or just casual, sometimes just reaching out to a, a clergy person or a chaplain, uh, you know, can, can, because they're a neutral, they're a neutral party. Yeah. Uh, and, and that can help a bit with that grief process. Correct. Yeah. And they can help with, especially, you know, if you believe in a higher power, God, um, Clergy can help you try, at least, to make sense of it all and to not see it as a punishment. And 
because that, you know, oh, why did this happen to me? Well, it didn't happen to you. It happened to the person who died. Right. You just happened to be an innocent bystander who got sucked into it all. And it's when we play the victim card that we're not victims. You know, I have have very strong feelings that you can take grief, especially as a widow, you can take grief and you can become strong, stronger, resilient, and braver than you ever were before. And you can, you can be a better person after, you know, while you're grieving still. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, I, we all very often get very attached to our pets. They become a member of the family. And very often when a pet dies, people will say, that's it. I, I just, I can't have another pet. And then they find themselves three months, six months, a year later saying, you know, I, I missed that aspect in my life. Now, I'm not saying that that if you lose a spouse right away, you go out hunting no. for, a, for a new one, but you're looking for the stepping stones to get to that point where you can open yourself up to somebody new and share your feelings and your grief and realize that I'm coming out of this dark tunnel and there actually is a light that I can, I can at least explore, uh, you know, yeah. what, what is it about, about the grief process that maybe initially we fail to recognize? Uh, you know, it is a process that it is a process. It is a journey. And Somebody may appear to be strong, but that's not necessarily the reality. And all you, all they need you to do is just be there. You don't have to say anything. There are, it's, oftentimes there are no words. You know, just, just sit there and hug them. Watch something on Netflix. Go out for coffee. You know, don't, don't forget your friend. A, a lot of friendships end when a spouse dies because other people think, well, I'll give her some space or I'll give him some time. And instead our feelings are so raw. They're so at the top, you know, and we start to think, oh, nobody's calling me. Nobody's talking to me. You know, why aren't they calling me? You get your feelings hurt that they're not, you forget that the phone works both ways. If you want somebody, you know, right. want to be with somebody, you need to reach out to them as well. But so a lot of friendships end that way. And then others, you know, they they just don't, they would be there, but they're just not comfortable with somebody who's lost someone. But. Yeah, I, I mentioned to you about, about what do you say to someone who has just lost a, a a family member, a spouse or so. And I remember, and actually it was a clergyman that once said, once said to me, the one thing you don't want to say to somebody in that situation is, I know how you feel. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you may have experienced something similar, but you could not possibly know exactly how that person feels. There could be another person who lost her husband to lung cancer after a short illness. And I still wouldn't know how she felt. I wasn't in their marriage. I'm a different person temperamentally. 
There's no way you can know what somebody else is feeling. You can say, I can't, you know, I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm here for you. You know, I'm here yeah. if you want to talk. Something like yeah. that is the best it's thing to say. Yeah, you if you want if you want to open up my my ears are open my shoulder is broad uh, and and you know if it's in the middle of the night and you're having a, a hard night pick up the phone and call me and you know that that's that's when you know who your true friends are yeah uh, and, and, and that's also if you don't mean it good point very good point you know. Yeah. It, it's it, you know and 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 it's a good idea to check up on your your friend who is grieving too mm -hmm. but you don't want to you don't want to be a nuisance and like call them at eight o'clock every morning to say how you doing today oh you know that's, that's awful it's the it's the face the head tilt and the tone of voice how you doing you know, yeah, right. <laughs> no yeah yeah that gets old after a while there's a whole list um of things not to say but the thing there aren't that many lists of things to say and that that is a very very good point and that that's that's why that's why you're here today is because i want to be able to enlighten people as, as to you know that what they yeah what they shouldn't say because like you said there is far more you know, as soon as someone passes away, too, now all of a sudden, on added to the grief that's on your shoulders is the final arrangements. Yeah. And you, now you've got to go through that whole process. And again, if you've got friends that say, "Look, uh, I'll I'll call your relatives and let them know what's what's happened." You you relax, take it easy, have a cup of coffee, whatever, and and. You network it out, which I've done in my family a few times. You call somebody and say, would you call the cousins? Yep. And would you call some of the aunts and uncles? Because it shouldn't fall on your, your shoulders. But you you think you're prepared for for that day. And you all then you find out about what, when, when are we going to plan the funeral? Uh, what am I going to do? Uh, uh, people are coming from all over the country. We have to allow enough time for them to be here. Uh, oh gosh, we've got to get a hotel reservations. And, and if they're coming in, make, make, there's lots of things to do. And when somebody steps in, be it a brother or a sister or a best friend that says, that's what I'm here for. Let's sit down. I'll take out a pad of paper and a pen and we'll write down what needs to be done what you want me to do for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, 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 should that be a good standard operating procedure? That's very good. I was very blessed. Um, when Dan died, his we had to have the funeral very quickly because my um, one of my sons was in the Army and he'd used up all his leave and he had three days to get back to base or he would be considered AWOL. And I wasn't going to have the funeral without him there. So we had to really rush it. We'd already made the arrangements with the funeral home. Actually, we made the arrangements the day he died, the morning off. He died that night. And so we already had that done. One of the first phone calls I made, well, first person I called was my mother. And then I called one of his sisters and they took care of their entire family. And my mother took care of my side. 
the next day, my his his sister and niece, adult niece, were in my house cleaning it for me and cooking and just it was one I they didn't ask what I wanted, they didn't ask what I needed, they just pitched in and did things. And mm-hmm. It helps when you just do that. If you don't feel you're close enough to just walk in the house and start taking over, <laughs> um, you know, wait a couple days maybe and then show up with a cup of coffee, you know, show up with their favorite Starbucks drink or, um, you know, just give them a call and say, okay, come on, let's meet somewhere. You need to get out of the house. Because chances are she she or he is still in their pajamas (laughs) at three o'clock in the afternoon. If they have a reason to get dressed, it's good for them. You know, and I mean, in your case, you had six sons. So obviously the friends can step back a little bit because let let your sons come to your to your side and and to, to help. And I'm sure that they all jumped in at, at helping with any of the arrangements that needed to be, to be, to be done. Uh, you and Dan were married how many years before he passed away? He died exactly a month before our 33rd wedding anniversary. Oh, uh, so yeah. So you'd been, been married quite, quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's 12 years later now mm-hmm. and are you handling the grief of your of your loss better now naturally uh, at 12 years or because you said to yourself I want to pay this forward and I want to help other people do it and has that accelerated your ability to handle your own personal grief That's an interesting question um a few people were concerned when I told them what I was going to do that it would be too painful for me. Yeah, it's going to dredge up the the past. Yeah, and occasionally it does, but it's cathartic. It's okay. And if I, you know, get teary-eyed, then the person I'm working with knows that I'm human. You know, they understand and it helps them. So, it's it doesn't happen that often, and for the most part, it's it's, it's very strange how much I like talking about death and dying and grief it brings me joy because i know somebody's going to hear it and it's going to help somebody well you 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 alluded to earlier that that, uh that when when he passed away the furthest thing from your mind was going to a support group uh and have you have you kind of changed your mind on that because i i have found over the years, uh, my son was diagnosed with a disease and we didn't know anything about the disease. And so we got into a, a support group to learn more about it. And very often when you get into a support group, uh, when you hear other people's stories, you look at yourself and you say, you know, I got it bad, but maybe I'm not as bad off as some of the other people in the room. Well, you also, when you can help somebody else that in, in the, um, private Facebook group I have for widows and widowers, they help each other. Somebody will post that they're having a bad day or that a birthday is coming up that's going to be challenging or 
you know, it's Tuesday, you know, whatever it is, the others all jump in and there, there isn't advice that you can give, but they'll say, you know, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. And, and that lifts, it lifts up the person who replied. It lifts up the person who made the post. And so I would imagine that in-person groups would be the same. I'm actually looking to start um, an in-person group in my area. But um, I haven't done any face-to-face -face work yet. It's all been online. But I think, I think groups are, it depends on the person. Some people are better off with the with the Facebook group situation because you can come and go as you want, and you're not nobody nobody can see you. Um, but some people need that face to face. They need the human connection, the the bodies there. You're right. That interaction, and usually those support groups are are led by a moderator who is is well versed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe they they have a background in in psychology. Uh, they have uh, the means and the wherewithal to get people involved. If you don't want to say anything, you don't have to. Right. But the first thing is just like like an alcoholic who before they can can take advantage of what. Uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, has to offer, they have to admit that they are an alcoholic and that they need the help. Yes. So if you're grieving and you're grieving on the couch in your pajamas all by yourself and all, you have to deal with that. But the, the minute you say to yourself, you know, maybe I'll just put on some slacks and a nice shirt and everything. And I'll just, I'll just go see what that group is about. Or I'll go on online and 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 talk with Cindy and see what she has to say. I think it's safe to say that once somebody that's grieving does something like that, it's a good positive first step okay. to them overcoming their grief. It True? shows it shows that they're they're starting to come out of that safe cocoon of grief that they've wrapped themselves in, because. It's almost comforting to grieve. You've got that because you know it. You know you're supposed to be sad. You know you're supposed to be crying. And you wrap yourself in that. And if you stay in that too long, it's not good for you. I always tell people, feel your feelings. Give them a name. Acknowledge them. Each individual feeling as it comes up. But then show at the door. And I mean, they come back later. That's fine. You know, it may keep re recurring, but don't live in each, in the feelings. The feelings are something that that live in you for a little while. And then you push them out the best you can. And sometimes it's by going to a group. And it's, the I think the hardest part is actually walking through the door. Because yeah. then. The first time, especially yes. the first time. Yes. Or picking up the phone and telling somebody, I need to talk to you. Or finding the group and actually posting in it. Whatever it is that's, that you need, the hardest, time, hardest part is taking that first step. How many times have you heard somebody say that has taken that step, I should have done this a long time ago? Yeah. Now, we get people in the group... 
We had uh, one gentleman join the day after his wife died. Oh, but wow. I've, got, I've got people in there that have been 12, 15 years. So I'm not sure. I think I think they're in there more to help others. But, you know, they occasionally need the help too. Anniversaries and things like you said. So it's not something... You can't get cured from it. There's no relief. Well, there's relief. You get used to it. It becomes part of you. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you've grown another arm or something, you know, it's, right. and you get used to it. Yeah. Or you, and, you, you, uh, you, you break your right arm that you're, that's your, you know, dominant arm. You learn how to eat with your left hand. Oh yeah. I did break my right arm and I got better with my left. <laughs> So, you know, what was it, you know, what was it or when was it that that caused you to decide to go into coaching widows and widowers? It's kind of a funny story. Um, it was, I think, about seven years after he died and I was starting, you know, with the whole because I retired. So I really had no reason to get out of bed in the morning, except that I needed a new mattress. And the longer I stayed in there, the more my back hurt. <laughs> but then I'd go and I'd sit in my recliner all day and I knew it wasn't right. I knew I needed something else. And I tried, I tried other things. I tried, um, I joined a, the local art club. I can't draw stick figures. I had no business being there taking up the resources from somebody else. I tried a couple of different direct sales companies. Um, my passion for them wasn't enough. I couldn't really, I, I sucked at it, to be honest. And one day I just, I just had enough and I typed, um, how do you find your life purpose into Google? You know, we all, we all eventually turned to Google. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came up was a training, a school for life coaching. And the first course I saw there was life purpose coach. So I thought, okay, you know, that that's a signal. Somebody's telling me something. So I took the course for me, not necessarily for me to become a coach, but just for me. And through it all, I kind of knew everything that they were teaching already, you know, through just things I learned living as long as I have. And I thought, okay, I think it's telling me something. So I kind of put it out there that that's what I wanted to do. And then I went back and I got certified as a happiness coach as well. And I love that one. And it just kind of grew from there. Uh, you know, I, in in some of the information that that I've read, there's a couple of little quotes that that I, I picked out that I think are that say a lot to to what we're talking about. Is you use the words pain to purpose, yeah, and 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 also grief to growth, yeah, and those are great words to to think about and to live by when you're in this situation. And I would assume that that's part of your 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 core of how you, you deal with your clients. Yeah, make your pain and your grief 
mean something. Let them grow into something. They, you don't have to just sit there in them for the rest of your life, especially if you're younger. I mean, if you're 80, well, you know what? People are living into their hundreds now. So, um, that's right. You know, I could be very wrong. And, you know, it's funny because the older I get, the older old gets. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, and somebody also said, you know, just keep, keep in mind every day when you get, get, get up. And look in the mirror, you're one day closer to your expiration date. Oh dear. <laughs> so, so, so you know what that that what that tells you is to make the most of today. Yeah. People it's funny when Danny was before he got sick, people'd say, you know, well, how are you doing today? And he'd say, I woke up breathing, so it's a good day. Yeah. My dad always used to say, as long as I see my reflection in the mirror, I know I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh you know, what, why, why, why should the people that are watching and listening, and by the way, uh, uh, Cindy is, is on the East coast of the United States, but she's not limited to the East coast of the United States. Visit her website and feel free to reach out to her, whether you're on the East coast, West coast, North, South, you know, she's there to assist and help. And, and maybe to get information by talking with her, you can go back to your community uh, in Oregon or wherever and, and, and say, I think this is something that I need to look at in my community, especially like for the, the support groups. But if it's a virtual support group, it doesn't matter where you are in the, in, in the country. But, but uh, I, I you know think that people need to, to reach out and, and ask you because... The question that I want to ask you is, why should someone who is grieving uh, consider choosing a coach to help them through the grief process? I can't make it go any faster. I can't make the grief go away, but I can help you understand it to know that it's normal and make it a little easier for you to get through there's some and if, if you're feeling really horrible there are some tips and, and things you can do to help that process um i have i do actually have a guided grief journal um that anybody can have and i'm going to be putting that up on the website so look for that in a couple of days but okay it's if you, if you don't have anybody in your life that you can talk to or that you feel comfortable talking to, sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger. And that that's a key point, know. I think. Because, you know, I, I, I think that sometimes your close friends, while they all have good intentions, sometimes they can be more of a catalyst, you know, and you, you find yourself saying, I wish Cindy would stop calling me. Not, not you, Cindy. Yeah, I, know. I, I should have said Sally. You know, I wish my best friend Sally would just stop calling me. Just give me a little bit of breathing room. And all. Yeah. so talking to a stranger sometimes makes a, makes a very, very valid sense because it'll give you a, a different perspective and a stronger perspective. And too. you can share things with a stranger that you wouldn't share to somebody you're close to that knew your person, maybe your relationship 
wasn't as good as everybody thought and you're feeling guilt over that. You don't want to make that person, you know, make the, that your, you know, lost spouse look bad in somebody else's eyes, you know, because they love him and they're grieving him or her. And, you know, say, say you found out that they were cheating on you, but you stuck with it. You're not necessarily going to tell even your best friend about it if they thought, you know, he was a saint. So it's easier to, it's easier to share those kind of things with a stranger as well. Uh, and, and I mentioned that whether that stranger is, is a clergy uh, or whether that stranger is, is uh, another friend that you can really thoroughly, you know, uh, open up to. And trust. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Reaching out to somebody like yourself who has a vested interest, who has been there and done that and, and is paying it forward now to, to, to say, I, I believe that I can, can help you. And let's at least start the dialogue. And then you decide if, if you feel it's doing something for you, fine, continue doing it. And, and if not, at least you can say that you tried it. Yeah. And the first call with me is always free. So, yeah, it's, I think I, it's, it's great that you're doing what you're doing, Cindy, because I, I think that it's, it's something that, that more and more of us, as we get a little bit older uh, and we face the, the passing of our parents or grandparents or ourselves. Uh, we want to make sure that that those we're leaving behind are going to be able to to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's safe to say that you know I'm I'm getting closer to my expiration date, but my wife and I do occasionally talk about it. Yeah. You know what what will you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you're just reminding me of an old joke of uh, the, 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 the husband that says, you know, if, 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 if I pass away first, will you start dating another woman and will you go play golf with her? And his answer is no, she's left-handed. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know why that was an old joke. My father used to use, but you, you, you want to be, you want to be prepared for that time when you know and be prepared in advance of it yeah. uh like you said your your time from from diagnosis to passing was a fairly short time you had to do a lot of homework in in a in a yeah. in a short period of time but you had six sons there yeah. that, that, and two of them lived with me so okay that was, that was very helpful yeah yeah and so you know and so today Today, you know, uh, do, you, do, do you and the six sons still get together? or, or It's kind of hard because we're all spread out. We're all spread? I think the last time we were all together was, unfortunately, my mother's funeral in 2013. So it's been See? 10 years. There you go. That's what brings people together also yeah. is when the, when there is an, uh, another passing in, in the family. But uh, but with, with modern technology and... and Zoom and StreamYard, yeah. like we're using, it can can bring you all together on a birthday or an anniversary or something. And yeah, we've and, done that. And 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 share that. But Cindy, you are an absolute pleasure. And mm-hmm. and for somebody who deals with grief, I am so impressed with the huge smile that you have. 
on, on your face. You, you're, you're, a, you're a ray of sunshine for people that, that need it. So, you know, visit Cindy's uh, website, reach out to her. And, and, and if you have questions, ask, she'll, she'll give you good guidance and everything. And she will help you better deal with any grief that, that you encounter in your life. And I'll, you know, I, I, I often, I quote Oscar Wilde at the end of each of my shows. And I say, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And sometimes in your situation, it's not necessarily good to just be yourself. Uh, you, you need to share yourself with, with people who care and will, and will listen. And I thank you very, very, very much for doing what you do for widows and widowers and helping them get through their grief. Well, thank you. And thank you for helping to share, to, to spread the, the word that you don't have to do it alone. That's right. And you're probably better off not doing it alone. You'll, yeah. you become a, you'll recover from it faster and, and much better, I believe. Well, that'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Go out, make it a great week. And again, thank you to our very, very special guest, Someone You Should Know, Cindy Burns. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Stuart. Someone you should know.